Hello, this is Tim Convoy, the pastor of New Life Community Church located in Nashville, Indiana. I'd like to thank you for visiting our podcast, and I trust that God will just bless you and encourage you and speak to your heart as you listen to this message. Thank you again for joining us, and God bless you. So this is something new for me. I have preached before on a Sunday morning and then a Sunday night, but I've never gone back to back. So I'm learning how to pace myself. And uh, I'm, one thing I've learned is I'm not very good at it. I have one speed, and that's full speed ahead. Uh, so this might be a little bit different for you guys, and I'm sorry if it makes you uncomfortable, but this is the way God wired me. So th- this is what you get. Um, I'm, I'm thankful. I'm honored to be here today to be able to speak forth the word of God. Uh, it means so much to me. You know, uh, both my grandfathers are, are pre- preachers and pastors. So I've always had such an honor and admiration for the person who is bringing forth the word of God, as, as well as I do for each of you as we lead this church and we go out into the streets week after week and we witness to people and tell them about the goodness of Jesus. I did. Yeah. Yes. Praise God. But it is an honor for me to be here. Um, though this is my first time speaking here at this church, I have um, been ministering for quite some time, about 15, 16 years. So I've done this a couple times, maybe six, seven hundred times, somewhere in that ballpark. So uh, this is this is not my first time out, but it is my first time here. And I'm just honored and I'm so thankful for all of you for making me feel so welcome. And I can tell right now that this second service is hungry for the word of God. And when you're hungry, yeah. So the greater demand that you put on me, I am an audience participation preacher, if you don't know that already. So I'm going to tell you, high five your neighbor, slap your neighbor, reach over and give them a hug and walk across the aisles and do all these things. I'm going to ask you to do that. And and as I do that and you all start participating, then it gets me wound up even more. All right. So if you all if you want me to wind down, just don't say amen or don't say anything. Amen. Amen. But I am, uh, I am truly honored to be here. I would like to honor my beautiful wife, Kristen, who is here with me, who always has my back. Stand up, baby. Just so, in case everybody doesn't know, this is my wife, Kristen. And uh, she puts up with a lot from me and stands right by my side and fights for me and loves me in the way that God designed her to. And I'm so thankful and so grateful for my wife. Not only is she beautiful, she's also very intelligent. I would be in big trouble if I didn't say that. And super anointed, and she is amazing, and a good cook, and she's good. Okay, okay, I'm good. Am I good? We're good. We're good. Amen. Moving on. I'm honored to be here this morning, uh, delivering what I feel is a right now on time word. I'm not a one of these pre-canned guys. I don't package together my greatest hit message and then just go around church to church, church to church, and preach that same message. I don't do that. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in reheating something. I believe in staying in the flow of the Holy Spirit and standing in that stream and allowing the spirit to speak to the church. Amen. So I don't want to bring you something that was effective five years ago at a revival in Kentucky. I want to bring you something that is new and hot and fresh for today. Amen. Because this word will work. So what I'd like for you to do is reach over, slap your neighbor and tell them if it weren't for you, come on, come on, look at the other one say, if it weren't for you, I would be the best looking one in here today. Yeah. 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 Amen. Everybody knows that's true. Praise God. Amen. I love y'all. I love the spirit I feel in here this morning. It's so great. Uh, we're going to be looking, we're just going to dive into one scripture here. And we're going to talk about this scripture for a few minutes until the Lord's finished with me. Then I'm going to get out of the way and we're going to do ministry. Uh, so we're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. I would ask that you would please stand for the reading of God's word, if you're able. We honor, we, we revere, we, we love the word of God. Just one scripture, pretty familiar. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Stir up the gift of God. Look over at your neighbor and say, stir it up. I was going to have some Bob Marley playing in the background, but I decided against that. Stir it up. It's time to stir it up. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this house this morning. We thank you for the awesome presence of your Holy Spirit in this place. God, I pray that you would have your way today, that you would get this flesh out of the way, that you would anoint these lips of clay one more time to speak forth your word, God. Let there be less of us and more of you. Most of all, we just pray that you have your way in this place. We give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. It's in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody shout it. Amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. 
All right. So I love the Word of God. I've got a bit of a problem. I'm a bit of an addict to the Word of God. I love it. I can't get enough of it. I study it. I read it. I probably listen to an unhealthy amount of preaching. Um, just over, like some people listen to songs. I listen to different preaching. I just love it. I can't get enough of it. It feeds me. It stirs me. It does something inside my soul. But there's the Logos, the written Word, and then there's the Rhema, which is the spoken Word of God. Amen. It's, the, it's that right now Word. So we can receive Logos all the time, and it just hit our head, but it's when we receive the rhema word that it truly grabs a hold of our hearts. Amen. That's when you'll see a, sh a shift and a change happen in your life. When God speaks a word and it comes alive on the inside of you. See, I'm obsessed with this word. The word of God, Hebrews chapter 4, 12 says, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And then we go down to uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. The literal Greek translation on that means all scripture is God-breathed. God breathed into the prophets and they wrote the word of God. God breathed forth and, and everything comes alive. Wherever God's breath is, wherever his spirit is, there is life. Amen. And the word of God is full and alive. The word of God is absolute truth. Despite what the great scientists and philosophical minds of today would like to say, that there are only gray areas. There are no black and white. There's black and white here and it is it has been in existence for over 2,000 years and it is absolute truth. This is black and white. There is right and wrong. There is a real, living, absolute God and absolute truth. And he gives us his truth through his word. We learn more of his nature through his word. We learn more of who we are through his word. The more that we study his word, the greater our faith grows because the Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by Man, see, that's what I'm talking about. Y'all know this word. So this word is alive. And, and Peter said, the flower may fade and the grass will definitely wither. He said, but the word of the Lord shall stand forever. This word will not fail. This word will never let you down. If you lean upon God's word and his faithfulness to his word, he will absolutely deliver 100% of the time. He is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he spoke it, it will happen. Look at your neighbor and say, it will happen. It will happen. God will bring it to pass. Psalms 138.2 says that he put his name above all things, but he put his word above his name. God puts his word above his name because his word is who he is. He cannot lie. Amen. Uh, Isaiah 55 11 says, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish the thing whereto I sent it. His word works every time. His word is not a lie. There are no fallacies. Despite what anyone says, there are no contradictions. God does not contradict himself. He is not the author of confusion. His word is true. Look at your neighbor and say his word is true. I love the Gospels in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, and how we learn about the life of Jesus and how he walked on this earth, and how Matthew, Mark, and Luke go on and they talk about the genealogy of Jesus and where he came from, his family tree. But John goes back, and he goes back even further than his father's or, or grandfather's or his mother or, or down that lineage. He goes all the way back to the very beginning. And he said, in the beginning was the Word And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. That means the darkness could not put out the light of Jesus Christ that came into this earth. He came as a fire burning into this earth, and the darkness could not put it out. The darkness comprehended it not. It goes on to say in verse 14 that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the wonder of His glory, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. The invisible became visible. The intangible became tangible. The abstract became concrete. The spoken Word of God, the Logos of God, turned into flesh and walked on this earth for 33 and a half years where He would lay down His life for the sins of the world. The Word of God is Jesus Christ. Amen. He is the Word. He is the Word. So when that Word word comes alive. Incidentally, is successful Christian living is only made possible when this word becomes alive to us, when it becomes flesh, when it becomes part of our being, not just on Sunday morning, not just on Wednesday night, but seven days a week, everywhere we go at the gas station, at the grocery store, his word is alive. Look at, the, look at your neighbor and say, do you have the word? Do you have the word? Do you have the word? Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by Every word that proceeds from out of the mouth of God. 
David said, your word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Job said, I have esteemed the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. His word means more than our food. Amen. This word can do more for you than any steak dinner you can get. Amen. It, it will do more for your life than anything else we could ever possibly feed ourselves. The word of God. Amen. When we start speaking this word of God, then we start speaking the power of God. In Matthew chapter 8, the Roman centurion came up to Jesus and he said, Jesus, my servant lies at home. He's about to die. He's about to leave this world. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. And he said, you don't even have to come to my house. You don't even have to come to my house. He said, I'm a man in authority and under authority. I understand how this works. He said, all you have to do is speak the word only and my servant will be made whole. And Jesus stopped right there in the middle of everything. He, he stopped right in the middle of everything. And he said, whoa, hold on. He said, I have never seen so great a faith in all of Israel as this man right here who said, if you will speak the word, it will happen. Amen. That is the kind of earth shaking faith that the body of Christ needs today. That's the mountain movement death resurrection faith in Jesus Christ that the church needs to operate in today. Amen. That is faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. The Bible says a good report. So in other words, uh, what God went on to say there was, it is impossible to please God without faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. We can look right we can dress right. We can come into church. We can shout right. We can throw our hands up at just the right time during the worship songs. We can say amen at just the right time. See, we can have all those things down. We can have it all down pat. But if you don't believe God and take Him at His word, then none of it means anything. It's childlike faith. It's simple faith. Amen. He said, come to me as a child. And when we do that, when we come to Christ as a child, just believing Him at His word. Just believing Him at His word. Look at your neighbor and say, do you believe do you believe he's a man of his word? He's a man of his word. He's, he's a man of his word. Our relationship, in order for our relationship to be complete in Christ, we must understand who he is. We heard the song earlier, when uh, that second song, I am. I am. What do you need God to be? That's what I am. He said, I am. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. I am the shepherd. I am the door. I am the gate. I'm your salvation. I'm your healer. I am everything that you could absolutely need in this world. I am. If you wonder what he is, just know that I am that I am. So he said, I put my word above my name. Oh, man. See, that really tells me something because I get excited when I think about the name of Jesus. Because when I was a child and I was growing up in church and I was cutting my teeth on the back of the old wooden pews in the Pentecostal church in Michigan, uh, when, when I was growing up, seeing people shouting and seeing people running, I was hearing about the name of Jesus. And while I may not have yet had an understanding of it, I, I knew there was power in the name of Jesus from the time I was just a child. And, and when I got a little older and I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, it's the name of Jesus by which I was saved. It's the name of Jesus by which I've been healed. It's in the name of Jesus that I've been delivered. It's in the name of Jesus that chains have been broken and bondages have been destroyed. It's in the name of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus that dead men come to life. It's in the name of Jesus that people hop up off of hospital beds. Amen. It's in the name of Jesus that people walk right and talk right in authority in the name of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus. It's in his name. Slap your neighbor and tell him it's in his name. It's in his name. It's in his name. It's in his name. My God, I, I love the name of Jesus and I love the word of God. And, and we're going to get fired up on this thing today. So, so in 2 Timothy there, we learned that he, Paul spoke to Timothy and he said, stir up the gift of God that is within you. The word stir here does not just mean stir like flour, like you're baking a cake. The word stir here means add fuel to the fire. It means throw another log on the fire. It means when you see something start to flicker out and start to simmer down, throw a little more fuel on that thing and watch it rise up. Watch it blow up. I was talking to a friend of mine this morning and he's a, he's a great prophet, great friend. He's a teacher. Uh, he's a, a preacher and he's, and he's awesome. And he called me this morning. He said, Hey bro. He said, I need to talk to you about this fire thing. I said, what? I didn't even tell him what I was preaching today. I didn't say anything about it. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I need to talk to you about this fire thing. He said, the Lord told me to call you and tell you about this time. A couple years ago, I was having a bonfire at my house. He said, and I had a bunch of friends over and we were sitting around. We were eating out. We were grilling out around the bonfire. He said, and uh, when that bonfire started to go down and everybody started to go home, he said, I took a big bucket of water and I dumped it on that fire and it went completely out. He said, so I went inside. 
But a couple hours later, I saw some flames coming through the window outside of my bedroom and I stepped out and realized I hadn't quite put that fire out yet. And I feel like this morning that there are some of you that the enemy has tried to put out your fire and he's thrown the water on you and and it looks like there's no smoke and it looks like there's no flames and it looks like there's no coals. But just below that little pile of ashes right there, there are some flames that are waiting for you to stir them up, for you to stir them up and throw some more fuel on it, throw some more wood on it. Get that thing cranking. Look at your neighbor and say, throw some wood on the fire. Yes, 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 yes. I find it interesting here that Paul, the Apostle Paul, as he's writing to Timothy, he said, you stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. You do it. You take responsibility. We all want this easy Christianity where we don't have to take any responsibility. Now, we're saved by grace, not by works. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say anything like that. Amen. But, but if you want to grow in your faith, then you will grow in the Word of God. Then you will get to know the God who loves you and who laid down His only begotten Son for you. Amen. So He said the responsibility is on you. Stir it up. Stir it up. Look at your neighbor and say, stir it up. Stir it up. I like it how Paul places responsibility on his young Padawan. And he says, look, if you're going to be a Jedi like me one day, then then you've got to learn how to stir it up. You've got to learn how, how to motivate yourself because there's going to come a time in your life when there's not going to be anyone there to pat you on the back. Amen. I can pray for you. I can pray for you. Pastor Corey can pray for you. Pastor Tim can anoint you with oil, with enough oil to deep fry a chicken. He can do that. But if you don't take the initiative and stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you, that gift will lie dormant. That will lie dormant on the inside of you. You take initiative. There is some responsibility on our behalf. It's up to us to take responsibility. Look at your neighbor and say, stir it up. Stir it up. Add fuel to the fire. Turn up the heat. Turn up the heat. Instead of being controlled by the circumstances, we are thermostats, not thermometers. Amen. Jesus Christ ordained His church to be the ones who set the temperature, who set the environment, not the ones who try to fit in and be relevant with this world. Amen. Not the ones who try to fit in with with every trend that the world has going on. He has called us out. He said, be ye separate. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. He said, you're the one that controls the heat. You control the heat. You control the fire. You're the one that controls it. Amen. God said, I put it inside you, but you've got to stir it up. And and Paul knew what he was talking about because Timothy was like a son to Paul. He was relatively new in the ministry. He was a baby face. He hadn't really gone through much. Um, He hadn't survived the shipwrecks. He hadn't survived the snake bites. Paul said this. He said, I've worked hard. I've been in prison often. I've been whipped so many times I can't even count. I faced death again and again and again. Five times I received 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. I was stoned once. Three times I was shipwrecked. One time I even stayed a whole night and day adrift at sea. I was snake bitten and faced danger everywhere I went. I was hungry, thirsty, naked, and cold. He said, I even faced dangers from men who claimed to be believers but were not. Man. Even the ones that were closest to him, that he thought he could count on. He even faced dangers from the inner circle. He even faced dangers from those who were supposed to have his back. But yet he told Timothy, he said, look here, Timothy. He said, I've been through all these things and you're just getting started out. And I want to let you know, you're going to face some shipwreck. There's going to be some heartache. There's going to be some hard times. There's going to be some times when you are out here all by yourself and you can't call Pastor Tim to pray for you. And you can't call your elder to have them come pray for you. And nobody's going to be around and no one's going to be available. It's up to you at that point to stir up the gift of God that is on the inside of you. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. And as I was thinking about Paul and Timothy and their relationship and and how Paul had told him to stir it up, to, to rekindle the flame, to do something about that. Don't just let it burn out. Don't just let it sit there. You had a fire. You had a passion. Keep it burning. As I was thinking about him, I started thinking about David. And I was thinking about the story from 1 Samuel chapter 30. And David and his men had gone out and they had made a living at this time by raiding territories. And they had taken all the plunder and they would go to war and they would not leave a man alive anywhere. David was a bad man. I was telling my wife last night, I said, I think the Lord loved David so much because he was crazy. He just took God at his word and just said, yes, Lord, I'll go. I'll do it. Whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to do it. Amen. So they were living in this land called Ziklag. 
In 1 Samuel chapter 30, David and his men, 600 men, they were living in this land called Ziklag. And as they were in this town, they were in the city, uh, he spoke to the Philistines and he said, you know what? He said, uh, I don't want to stay here in the city. Why don't you give us just a little place on the outskirts of town? I think David might have been from Brown County too. Nobody wants to live in town. We all want... We just want to be out in the country and leave me alone. So he said, me and my men, we'll, we'll just go out here. We'll go out here and we'll build our own little city. So they built a little town called Ziklag. And one time David and all his men were gone off on a mission and they were out fighting and they were in the battle and it was battle after battle after battle after battle. They come back to Ziklag and they find their entire city burned down to ruins. There was nothing left. The wives, the children that had stayed behind while they went off to battle were gone. Their livestock, their cattle, everything they depended on for life were gone. Everything was gone. It was burned down. Nothing but ashes. As they stood there in the heaps of piles of ruins and smoke and ashes and debris, then David said, Lord, what am I supposed to do now? What am I supposed to do? His men said, David, you brought us through all this. We left everything that we knew, everything that we loved, and we came to follow you. We came to fight with you. We came to the battle with you. And now we've come home and everything that we've worked so hard for is gone. Everything is gone. And they're standing there and David's men all of a sudden begin to grumble. Because when you get around a grumbler, you'll start grumbling yourself. That's just a little free bonus right there. When you get around a grumbler, you get around someone negative, you watch that spirit of negativity come upon you. So, so I would imagine that first of all, one of his men were like, Hey, you know what, David, man, I can't believe David just took us out here and he's, we lost our kids and we lost our house and everything we've worked for. And the other guy's probably like, yeah, 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 you're right, man. David, he's a terrible leader. And then before you know it, they're all like, ooh, kill David, kill David. And the Bible says that they wanted to stone him. His own men, his inner circle, the very ones who had went through the battle with him, now want to kill him. Now they want to destroy him. And David finds himself in a place very similar to Paul where he was all alone. He didn't have his men. He didn't have his wife to call on and say, Honey, I need you to pray with me. He didn't have a pastor. He didn't have anyone around him. The only people he had were the people that wanted to kill him. That was the only people left around him. So the Bible says that David went off by himself. And I love this verse. It says that he encouraged himself. David encouraged himself in the Lord. He didn't roll over and quit. He didn't throw in the towel and say, you're right, guys, man, I can't believe the enemy did this to us. Now what are we going to do? Let's just lay here until we die. No, David got up. He got off to the side. He dusted himself off and said, you know what? We may have fallen. I might have lost a battle. I might have gotten beaten up. We may have lost a few things. He said, but I am going to follow the voice of the Lord. So the Lord told David, David said, what am I supposed to do, Lord? What should I do now? We've lost our children. We've lost our wives. They didn't know at this point what had happened to the wives and kids. Lost their house, lost their livestock, lost their cattle, lost their grains, lost everything. Everything. Absolutely all alone and downtrodden. Have any of you ever been in that spot before? Where it feels like you lost everything. Where everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Where it's one thing after another, after another, after another, and you just don't know how you're going to fight anymore, and you just don't know how you're even going to stand anymore, and you just don't even know, let alone go to church, let alone, praise God, I'm busted, I'm broke, I'm disgusted, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. He got alone, and I can imagine as he got alone by himself, as David got over in the corner, that he began rehearsing some of those psalms that he had written before. Some of those psalms talking about what a great deliverer that our God is that the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. He said, though an host should encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. The Lord is my light and my salvation. And he encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the word and in the worship. And he got alone and he got away from all the haters. See, they didn't have social media back then, so he couldn't be like, man, even my dudes turned their back on me. Man, I'd be good if it weren't for all the haters. I guess that's what they say on there. I don't know. But he didn't have anybody to complain about, anybody to complain to, nothing like that. He got alone all by himself and encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself. He sang psalms. He sang hymns. He began to pray. And I could just envision in my mind, it's not in the scriptures, but if I were to rewrite 1 Samuel chapter 30, I would probably include this somewhere. That David was down on his knees crying out to God, and he stood up, and he began to shake those ashes off of him. And he threw his chest back. 
he threw his chest back and he said, you know what? I might have gotten knocked down. You know what? The enemy might have got a good shot on me on that time. But just like Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I may be knocked down, but I'm not going to stay down. You might beat me up. You might punch me. You might kick me while I'm down. But I will not stay down. Look at your neighbor and say, I refuse to quit. I refuse to quit. So as he got up and he did his best Conor McGregor impression, And he began to walk back towards the battle. And David came back. And all the dudes were standing over there. They were getting ready to kill him. They were getting ready to stone him. And they said, where's David going? And David just kept walking. And he kept marching. And you know that look. You know that crazy look. You know that one I'm talking about. That crazy look. He had that look in his eye. Because David, this is the same guy who a few chapters before had went up to the Philistines and acted like he was completely psychotic. I don't know if you remember that. He was drooling. He was shaking. So David gets up and he starts walking. I'm going. I'm going. They said, where's David going? Where's he going now? We're just getting ready to stone him. They said, hey, David, wait up. Where are you going, man? He said, you know what? You guys can sit back here in the ashes and cry about all the defeats of life if you want to. But I'm getting up and I'm going to rescue my children. And I'm going to pull my wife and my children and my herds and my sheep. And I'm pulling them up out of that fire. I'm going to rescue them and bring them back. So David did that. And he said, uh, he said, Lord, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And he said, pursue, overtake, and recover all pursue say it with me pursue overtake and recover all one more time pursue overtake and recover all i might have gotten kicked around i might have gotten beat up i might have gotten kicked while i was down i may have been left aside for dead everyone may have talked bad about me when i wasn't there amen but i will pursue i will overtake and i will overcover everything that the enemy has stolen they went to the enemy's camp and they took back everything that belonged to them everything all the children all the spoils of war and they took so much stuff so much stuff they're overloaded so now david and his men they're carrying all this stuff back they said what are we going to do with all this stuff man what are we going to do with all this so david said i got a good idea there were some guys up in judah who were good to me a couple years ago let's go bless them there were some guys in hebron they were really cool to me they let me eat some bread there they let me drink from the river let's go bless them so david got enough stuff to go bless everybody that was ever associated with him amen he had been beaten down he had been sure he had been kicked around he had been left for dead his own men the closest to him his inner circle were ready to stone him but yet he got up and kept going he stirred up the gift of god that was on the inside of him there was a fire down in there do you remember when you first got saved that fire oh man for some of us gotta think back a ways but uh, you remember that fire when you first got saved and the whole weight of the whole world was lifted off your shoulders do you remember how awesome and how free and how wonderful that felt and how everywhere you went you told someone man i got saved last night i got saved last night i gave my life to christ i can't explain what happened what do you mean saved i don't know exactly what it means even but i'm telling you it happened to me and god took the burdens of this world and he took all the weight of the world and he lifted it off me but we had that passion and we had that fire and we had that energy and we had that desire and man just everywhere we went we were glowing and and people say what's wrong i've actually seen this happen before so brother adam and i were working together a couple years ago and he had just gotten saved and when god saved him he saved him i'm talking about saved 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 that dude yeah I'm talking about chains that the enemy thought was going to have him tied up and bound up and chained up for all of eternity. But when God set him free, he set him free indeed. And so we would get up to the job sites and we'd listen to the word, we'd listen to preaching, we'd listen to worship. We'd get up on the job sites and Adam just be going around, just the biggest smile on his face, man. And people would be like, what is wrong with that guy? What is it? he's saved i don't know he's saved he's happy he's been washed i said if you knew what god had brought him through then you would smile too amen if you knew if you only knew the story of what god has brought me through then you would be excited too if you only knew the story of what god has delivered the people that are sitting around you from then you would be smiling too amen because it's a miracle because they should have been dead the enemy pulled out his a game he burned down the village he took the women and children yet they got back up look at your neighbor and say it's time to get up it's time to get up it's time to get up it's time to pursue to overtake and to recover all say it with me again pursue overtake and recover all pursue overtake and recover all 
I felt this and I saw it this week. That there is a stirring that's taking place in this church. We know it by the testimonies. We know it by the healings that have come forth. By the miracles that have happened. By the deliverances that are here. By the ones who were standing up on this stage last week. Eight, ten people, whatever it was from Battlefield. Who have all been set free from the chains of the enemy. Amen. They stood up on their feet. And now they are an exceeding great army out there witnessing for the kingdom of God. But I felt a stirring. I, I could feel a stirring and I felt it during first service and I feel it right now because there are some in here who used to have that passion, who used to have that fire. Like when we first got saved and, and man, it burned so bright and it was so hot and people could tell that there was something different, that something had changed in your life. Amen. But somehow over time, you've allowed the coals to burn down. Somehow, over the years, we have allowed the enemy to trick us and convince us that the fire has gone out, that you don't even have that anymore, that you already missed your chance. I know, I know I'm talking to somebody here, that you already missed your chance, amen. But I want you all to stand up on your feet with me right now. Stand up on your feet with me right now, if you're able to stand up. Because God is stirring something in this house and in this congregation. And I want you to do something right now. Take this right hand, take your right hand, and put it right over your heart. You feel that? Do you feel that? Do you feel that heartbeat? You know why you have that? Because God's not finished with you yet. Because God's not even begun to, to bring you to your purpose yet. Because you've only yet to begin the fight. You've only yet to begin. Amen. God is stirring up an army right now. He is raising up warriors right now for His kingdom who will have a passion and have a flame and have a fire and will let it burn on the inside of them. Look at your neighbor and say, let it burn. Let it burn. Let it burn. You've got to let it burn because God's stirring. He's stirring right now on the inside of this. He's stirring on the inside of this church and inside of these hearts and I can see it I can see it on your faces that that God is stirring something up on the inside of you something that used to be so exciting and you were so passionate and so hungry to see what God was going to do next in your life and you just took him at his word and, and you just believed that everything was true and you received the blessings and you walked in his favor but over time the enemy has kicked you and and he burnt down a building here and and he took some of your stuff over there and and he left you for dead over there and he caused the closest ones to you to to turn their backs on you over here and, and now you felt like you were all alone but God sent me here today to give you a right now rhema word stir up that gift God is not done with you yet your time has not come yet you've still got work to do for the kingdom of God it's not past you it's not behind you he still has a plan for your life pursue overtake and recover all pursue overtake and recover all. And when they came back, they had more than they would ever need. Even though he lost a few along the way, he had more than they would ever need. Pursue, overtake, and recover all. The Bible says that God will give us back the years that the locusts and the cankers have devoured. God will turn back the hands of time to make sure that you step into your blessing at just the right time. Now, I'm closing out with this one thought. If I get, get the girls to come up. I'm going to close out with this one thought. All the time that you thought was wasted, all those years with just a little smolder, God said, I've been saving you for this very moment. I've been saving you for this moment to stir up that gift, to use that gift that I placed on the inside of you, the one that used to carry so much weight in your life, the one that used to give you so much joy and so much excitement. He said, I've saved it for such a time as this. But the enemy has you convinced that you missed your chance. That you messed up too many times, that you messed up too bad, that, that you walked away, that you didn't walk into your calling at just the right time. That devil is a liar. Hear me now. That devil is a liar. He's already been defeated. He's already been destroyed. As we encourage ourselves in the Lord and we stir up the gift of God and fan that flame that's on the inside, it will come right back to life. Amen. Bigger and better than it's ever been. We started out with 2 Timothy 1.6. And Paul told Timothy, he said, stir up the gift of God that is on the inside of you. Remember that one you had when you were a teenager? Remember that one where you had so much passion and so much desire just to serve, just to come into church and just to raise your hands and worship? He said, stir up the gift of God that is within you by the laying on of my hands. That very next verse says, for God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
Amen. Of a sound mind. That's what God has given you. That's what God has given you. That's the promise. Those are the great and precious, exceeding promises of God. That your days are not over. Just because there's a little fire, that don't mean it's over yet. The greatest is still yet to come. So right after David returns back to Ziklag, I'm going to close with this one. And you know, you know, I'm going to say I'm going to close about 15 times, but just stick with me on this one. This one's for real. This is it. Last door. We're closing it. As soon as David returned back to Ziklag, he got called that King Saul, who had been trying to kill him for 15 years, had died. And immediately David went alone again by himself and said, Lord, what should I do? And the Lord told David, go back to Judah. David got his men. He said, come on, boys, we got something to do. So they get up to Judah and now they have all this stuff and overabundance more than they could ever even imagine. They had all this stuff and they're back in, they're back in Judah. They're back in the land that David had been anointed to be king over 15 years earlier. They make it back to the land. They hadn't even unpacked their stuff. And the men of the land came and they put the crown on his head and they said, we've been waiting for you to come and rule in your rightful place as the king of Judah. Amen. The biggest battle comes right before the biggest promotion. The biggest battle comes right before the biggest promotion. When the enemy's trying to get you to quit and trying to get you to throw in the towel, it's a good sign that you are right in the place where you're supposed to be. That you are right in the spot where God has called you to be. When you come up under attack, it doesn't mean you're in disobedience. Sometimes it means you're right in the spot where God has called you to be. So they lost everything. Then they recovered all. The next day after they recover all, he's anointed king. 15 years he waited. 15 years he waited for that. And when he came into the position at the right spot, at the right time, God was able to promote him. I want to ask for every head to be bowed and every eye closed all over the church. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. I want you to know this morning that I sense a stirring. I sense a fire beginning to blaze in this house and in these hearts. If you're in here this morning and you felt like everything's been smoldering and and you just keep getting hit left after right from behind and in front, and you feel like you don't know how you can go on any longer, the good gospel news is you're right in the position where God has called you to be. You're standing in this church today, not by happenstance, not by accident. No, God, the creator, the all-knowing, all-powerful God knew that you would be standing right where you're standing today. He designed this day from the foundations of the earth. He knew that you would be here on September 9th, 2018, that something was going to get stirring on the inside of you and that you were going to recommit to pursue, overtake and recover all. If you're in here this morning and you've been up against that, would you just throw your hand up and let us pray with you? Thank you for those hands. Thank you for hands all over the building. Where the enemy has tried to convince you that your best days are behind you, that you don't have any work left to do. If that's you, throw your hand up and let us pray for you. Because you didn't get invited to the position, you didn't get invited. That's not the spot where God would have you to be. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. One last scripture is Joel 3.9 says, Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. This is not just a sermon and this is not just another Sunday. This is a call to action. Today is a call to action. Saying, will you take a stand today and say, I'm not going to wallow around in those ashes and coals anymore. I'm not going to suffer the defeats of my past anymore. I'm coming out of that mess and I will pursue and I will overtake and I will recover all. If you raise your hands and you're prepared to be the mighty man or the mighty woman of God and you're ready to assume the role that God has for you, I want to ask you to make your way up to this altar. In first service, what we had today, uh, where people just came up and got on their knees all around this altar. Come on. It only takes one. I know it only takes one. Yes, but they were lined up all the way around. They were lined up all the way around and we had people, we had people lined back to chairs praying for people. 
because your best days are not behind you. In fact, it might be tomorrow. It might be today. Today might be the day. Now, as they're praying, I want to ask the ministry team and uh, some of the elders and pastors and anyone who would just to come up and lay hands on these people and let's just pray with them as they've made a decision today to stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of them. Even more important right now, I want to ask if there's one in here that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Or maybe you knew what that fire was like once upon a time, but you walked away and you left it. I want to ask you to come back home, prodigal. I want to ask you to come back home, prodigal. I want to ask you to come back. Stir up yourself. Stir up the gift of God. David encouraged himself, and the prodigal son came to himself. If that's you today, would you make your way up? If that's you, perhaps you've just, you've wandered. Maybe you've just not been as close as you once were and the, and the flames have kind of flickered down. If that's you, would you come up and let us pray with you? If you're not up here praying, I just want to ask everyone who will, just stretch forth your hands and let's just pray with all these people up here right now.
maybe you're here today, maybe you got a pain. I was just revealing to Vicki that someone may have a pain in the side of their head right towards the back. It's just shooting pain that's going through you. And, it, you know, it's not a constant, it's just a, a shooting pain that keeps coming. Maybe that's you today. God knows about it. And I just invite you to come. Let, let Vicki and others pray for you. If that's you today, there's a pain in your head that's just been just been killing you. This is the time to do it. That's you today. You come. You come. You need that prayer today. You come. These folks are coming. You know, the two men on the road to Emmaus were discouraged and upset. They were kicking dirt. And they met Jesus on the road. Didn't even recognize him. And he's like, why are your hearts upset? And he said, because they said, because the one who he thought was the Messiah turned out that he wasn't. We put all our faith in him and he's not the right one. And then Jesus, from that point forward, walked with them and shared from the scripture every part through the Old Testament as it talked about him. They sat in a meal with him and then Jesus disappeared from their sight. And these men said, did not our hearts burn within us as he spoke open the word of God you know we all need the coals of that fire stirred we all need God to speak into us and and I know me I, I man I'm not where I used to be there's a time of man I was just on fire for God and I just have to say Lord stir that passion again stir those coals fan that flame Help me to be the man of God because I know Jesus is soon to return and I want to be what he's called me to be. Amen? And I am as close to God as I choose to be or as I am far from God as I choose to be. Man, how true is that? It's our responsibility, not anyone else's. It's my responsibility. As you go about this week, may God's word ring true in your heart. Maybe you still need prayer. You're here. There's folks up here praying. There's folks that just need prayer. You just come. Let God's Spirit speak to your voice or speak to you. We're here to pray for you. We're going to close in the corporate prayer. You, you may be dismissed. I tell you, if there's anything I've learned today, is how to squeeze a one-hour message into 45. I said, that's how you do it, man. High speed, high speed. It's awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for your great love to us. Thank you for your word. Thank you that those zigzag burden to the ground, though everything may be stripped from us, no one can ever, 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 ever take away the Holy Spirit of God placed within us. Our God will never leave us. Our God will never forsake us. So we will pick up the pieces and we will press on for Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you for the great love. We thank you for the great healing. We thank you for the great deliverance you've been showing today. And even these past few months, just working in lives. Use us for your glory. Bless those that are here as they go about their week. Bless our friends watching over the internet. And I just thank you for them. I, I speak peace and blessing into their lives. And ask you to use them mightily. Thank you for your work. Thank you for your moving. In Jesus' name, we all say amen, amen. Share the love before you leave. God bless you.